and welcome to episode 6 of Retro Recall the PS1 Chronicles, a show where we play and rank every PlayStation game ever created. My name is Jimmy, and as always, I'm here with Mike. Hello. Uh, so there's not been much going on with my week, so I don't know if you have anything to say. Well, I've been thinking I can start the podcast with, like, you know, a little question. Last time we kind of talked about our history with scary games, so I kind of wanted to say, you know, what is your history with fighting games? So whenever I was a little kid, I know I played them a lot. On the Sega Genesis, there was Mortal Kombat, Primal Rage, uh, probably Street Fighter was thrown in there too. So I know as a kid, I played them a lot, but as an adult, not at all. How about you? I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I had Street Fighter 2, I think, or Street Fighter Alpha 2 for the PS1 when I was a kid. I don't know why I had it, but you know, I played it. I wasn't good at it. I definitely played some of the Mortal Kombat's for like the Xbox PS2 generation. Now, I remember really liking uh, Soul Calibur 2. Oh, yeah, I forgot Soul Calibur was in that list too. Yeah, I had it for Xbox, so that was the one where you played as Spawn. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. And that was something I was going to talk about later on in this episode too. But I guess one big thing too is, since we're on the subject, out of all the genres of gaming, you have your platformer, you have uh, your MOBAs, action. Where does fighting games fall into that ranking? For you, I typically would never play a fighting game ever, honestly. So pretty much at the bottom of the list. It's not because I don't like them, but it's mostly just because I don't think I have the time or the patience to properly learn it. And that's what these games are about. They're about learning the game, learning the moves, you know, picking a character, learning their moveset, just figuring out ways to get good at the game. And I always find it really hard to do that. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, that's where my answer was too. So I'm glad we're on the same page because out of every single game genre, fighting is at the very bottom of the list. And it's just one of those things. It's, the same goes with uh, first-person shooter games. That's not my thing. Uh, MOBAs aren't my thing. Real-time strategies aren't my thing. It's like, But at the very, very bottom is just fighting because I just could never get into it. I think as a kid, I played it a lot because that's just what I had. But now that I've found the genres of games I like... I play those more. Yeah, and I think I'm honestly in the same boat as you. I've never even played a MOBA, but I don't like strategy games. I played some of them as a kid, but I would just cheat and get all the good stuff. You like strategy. You, uh, well, I don't even know if this falls into that category then. You always talked about XCOM. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like XCOM, and I like that, but that's more like a tactics game. Oh, okay. I never played it, so I didn't really know too much about it. So XCOM is like you're on a grid and you're moving the characters around in like turn-based battles. Whereas like when I'm thinking of a strategy game, I'm thinking of like Civilization, like Total War, like those kind of games. Oh, yeah. Age of Empires. Exactly. Like I played Rome Total War as a kid, but I never was good at it. I would just give myself all the money. Yeah. I remember every single time I played Age of Empires, I just, I would play for a little bit. And I'm like, okay, what's that code for all the money or all the troops? And then I'd just go destroy people. This is very important to talk about before going into an episode about a genre that we don't really like because last week we did a survival horror game and I did want to say, you know, a few notes. I feel like I was a little harsh and a lot of the negatives I was saying are reasons why people would like the game, right? And I just feel a little guilty that I rated it so low, but at the end of the day, I still don't think it was a good survival horror game. So, you know, maybe in hindsight, I would have rated it closer to what you did. But the way this show is, you know, ratings are final. We're not going to go change it. So it is what it is. 
And, you know, this wasn't going to be the best game ever anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, yeah. Yeah, it's very important to talk about this too because we have to separate ourselves from those biases of fighting games. It is going to make it a little bit difficult for the scoring, I think, from on my end. I don't know about you too, but it's just, this isn't what we play, so it's going to be really hard to really be unbiased towards the game. Yeah, and I think it was easier with me for, you know, let's say Einhander, because I liked so much about that game, even though I didn't like the gameplay. Whereas, you know, Alone in the Dark, I didn't have that other stuff pulling me in. So it just all felt negative. I get that. I do get that. But yeah, before we get into the game, I had one other thing. Um, So as far as the band goes, right now we're currently in the studio, but I've been writing just for fun, you know, like... You know how I am. I always am ahead of the curve and I like to have so much stuff written way t- too early. You have a full CD written before we even record the prior CD. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been doing that forever. Yes. I'm trying to get better at that. But, you know, I felt so inspired lately. And the inspiration is coming from playing these games in the PS1 music. Oh, nice. So you're doing more like arcade style songs or? No, I just felt more inspired with like those those like PS1 pads in the background, the way that the melodies, all that stuff, like, I don't know why it's just been so inspiring to me. Like I'll show you some stuff at some point off the podcast, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just something about it. It's been really just, I've written so much and I had no plans to do that at all. That's awesome. It's one of those things that you never know where inspiration is going to come from with anything creative wise. So it's just really cool how, uh, these games are, adding that inspiration into the music and therefore the newer songs might be really cool and really different because of that. They absolutely, if we end up using the stuff that I'm writing now, that is no doubt in my mind, you will be able to tell. It's it's cool. It's like uh, evolving what your style is to another level. Well, even on this album that we're doing now, there's that element of like nineties synths and things like that. I've always dabbled with that, but this is a little more direct of the, you know, the video game inspiration, which has always been a thing for me, but I've always tried to not overdo it. And now I just don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear what that sounds like. I think that'd be really cool. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing lately other than working on this. So if that's all we got, we can get into this game. Yeah. Tekken was released in North America for the PlayStation on November 8th, 1995. It came out in arcades a year earlier. Pretty usual for the time. You know, they would never come out at the same time. Right. It was developed and published by Namco. And, you know, this is a fighting game, as we've already mentioned. So, like we started off with, this is going to be a tough one. But let's just get right into it. (laughs) What were you thinking? Uh... So whenever I saw that this game was on the list, I already knew what to expect with this game. Uh, When I loaded it up, I knew what I was getting into. Whenever I was playing it, I'm like, yep, this all tracks with what I was expecting. I don't know. It's really hard to get into this. So, okay, we'll start with the beginning of... it's. Whenever it got transferred over to the PlayStation, it still has that very arcadey feel, which I do like. Um, I love how by the time you finish one match, if you win you're immediately into the next match. Like there's no loading is like, all right, here we go. Next match. Let's go. Yeah. I think that it's a little too close to the arcade though. In my opinion, I think that this is as bare bones of an arcade port as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. I do see that. 
it was really hard for me to make my notes about the game because I pretty much just waited until I was done with whatever character I was using. And then I would go over to my notes and start typing as I got a game over. Uh, just specifically because I didn't have enough time in between matches to make notes. So I had to keep them all in my head as I'm playing. So I attempted to beat arcade mode with every one of the main eight characters. Okay. And how did you succeed with that? I beat it as one. I am impressed by that. What was that one character? Uh, Michelle. Uh, oh, okay. Interesting. That is that character that you beat it with. Well, let's start with this. Did you put it on easy mode? <laughs> so that was one of my notes. Uh, do you want to take a guess at how long it took me before I found out there was an easy mode? This again. It, this again. An hour and five minutes to realize that there was a options menu. All right. The, okay. The reason is, is because they call it test mode. Why would you call options test mode? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I clicked on it and then I was like, oh, okay, but I get it. So what I did was I was like, okay, there's an arcade mode. There's a test mode. My assumption is test mode is maybe like you don't take damage or something and you get to test out the fighters or it's kind of like a tutorial for each fighter and here's their moveset. So my thinking was I'll go through arcade mode and then I'll go back and do test mode later. Well, real quick, one of my biggest complaints is that there is no true test mode. Yeah, you kind of just literally once you select your character, you're just in it to play the game. I couldn't find the manual online. I don't know if you could. Yeah, I had the manual the entire time. Damn it. I don't know why I couldn't find it. Maybe that's something I'll start doing too. Like before the next game, I can send you the links to the manuals I find. Well, I was looking for it so hard. I just couldn't. I don't know why. I just couldn't find it. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's actually how I found out about the options thing because I was going through the. First off, in the manual, they tell you each character and their movesets. So it was nice to have that up on my uh, computer so I can look over, see that. And then I can know what each character is like. As I was selecting each one, I was able to pull up their specific moveset. Uh, the order in which I played the characters was whatever one came next in the manual. <laughs> so I didn't have to keep finding them. Yeah, that's why I wanted to find the manual too, so I could figure out the movesets. But I kind of just said fuck it and played it without it. Which makes it even more impressive that you beat an entire thing without ever knowing the movesets. So let me start with that. I could not get anywhere on medium. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. What's the farthest you made it on medium? Three to four fights in? Yes. Uh, I noticed stage three is whenever it was getting kind of difficult. Maybe two or three continues after that, I would get past it. And then I never made it past stage four. Even on easy, like I would find it, you know, about the six or seven is where it started to get really hard. Which is interesting because I made a note of that where when I changed it to easy, I didn't see a difference in difficulty. Like, I still only made it to stage four, and they were just relentless on me. So for me, once I would get to about six or seven, I would start having a really hard time. You know, I'm talking four or five continues. Mm -hmm. Usually, I would tap out around eight if I made it there. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you know this, but the eighth one on every character, you're fighting a unique character, like a new character. Uh, I read about it. I didn't get to see that at all, but I did read about it. Well, yeah, so you do that, and then when you beat it, you unlock that character as a playable fighter. Right. Yeah, so you have the opportunity to unlock... How many are there? Eight playable characters, then nine unlockable. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it gives you incentive to want to beat it multiple times because you get more people after that. Yeah, but let's let's take it back to the beginning here for a second. How sick was that loading screen minigame? I was confused by that at first. I was staring at it like, what am I doing? And then I pushed the, uh, 
D-pad and it moved. I'm like, oh, this is a mini game within the game. This is amazing. <laughs> so apparently, if you beat that mini game perfectly, you unlock a character. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't try, but still a really cool idea. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen that in games before of, oh, here's a mini game before you play the real game. Some other Namco games do do that. I, ha- I had one as a kid. I forget which one it is, but it would do that too. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool idea. I don't really understand the reason behind it, but at the same time, it is fun regardless. I just think it's cool that you you go right into that and you can kind of like mess around for a minute. And then once you're in the game, it barely loads at all. Yeah, I was very surprised at how quickly it loaded on everything. Like there was barely any load times for anything. We go to games like Soul of the Samurai and just going from screen to screen, there's a little bit of a load time every single time. So with like something like this, where you're just going nonstop, no load times and just immediate gameplay, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I also thought, you know, the opening cutscene was very cool. Yeah, the first thing I noticed, I don't know if you caught this, I feel like it's only a split second in the very, very, very beginning of the cutscene. But uh, the character, I think his name's Jack, they show like a close-up of his face and it kind of looks like the Squid Game doll thing. I did not notice that. The only note that I wrote down was it was very funny when the one guy was punching the candle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That and the, I forget his name. Oh, Marshall. Marshall Law, which was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, How his character's face is always in that like karate expression thing. Just mouth wide open. And he just screams (laughs) the entire battle too when you're fighting him. (laughs) Like that, That had me laughing so much. Even whenever he like would beat me or something and to see his victory pose and he's still making that face is is just so great. I thought all the characters were really cool. I think they all were unique. They all had their own style and I think it's a good cast. Yeah. Uh, Do you have one that you preferred over the others? Uh, Not particularly. I really like aesthetically. I like King because he's like a wrestler. Um, As far as like playing as them, I liked all the faster characters. Whenever I was playing the bigger, slower guys, I just felt like I was just getting my ass kicked. Yeah, I feel like I started ranking them every single time I played them. But then I thought this isn't worth it because I don't know how much of this is just me or how much of this is the matchups against the other people. So I didn't feel like it was fair ranking each character based on that. Yeah, I, as I was playing, I started like rating them and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why am I even doing this? I did find that uh, Marshall... He seemed better, like smoother to play, I felt. I'm pretty sure his name is just Law, by the way. Uh, Well, according to the game manual, it's Martial Law. I just mean in the game, he's only called Law. True, yeah. Uh, And yeah, King was really fun to play too. But it is interesting how each character had their own little fight style. So it wasn't like just a copy and paste across each person. Yeah, I also want to get this out of the way. I had Tekken 2 as a kid. I was not good at it. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember generally liking it but that's my entire history with Tekken yeah I remember I want to say it was Tekken but I remember seeing a fighting game in the arcades I'm pretty sure it was Tekken and just seeing the characters and how they were fighting I thought this is next level graphics how can we get any more realistic than this oh exactly I also I really really like the music in this game yes the music is Amazing. I didn't think there was anything that sounded off. Everything worked really nicely. Uh, There's just no bad tracks that I could find. Like I was saying in the intro, like 
some of these songs are very inspiring to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I, that goes hand in hand with being an arcade game first because arcade games pretty much always just had amazing music. That's true. It's not until you get to the consoles where sometimes you have things that are off. I feel like whenever it's made for an arcade, you have to make this to drag people in and want to play. So the music has to be on point every single time. No, I have nothing bad to say about this game as far as like the aesthetic, the music, everything feels great. Like all the stages are very cool too. Like the one that really stood out to me was the baseball field, which I thought was sick. I may have seen that one. Honestly, all the levels I kind of never paid attention to because I was so focused on the fight that I didn't really see what the background was. I remember specifically seeing Anchor Wat was one of the places. The baseball field, it's literally you're playing on a baseball field and in the background on the big screen is your fight. Oh, that's pretty cool. I don't think I saw that then. There's also a level later on that you probably haven't seen then. It's like, I want to say it's like Wild West, but it's like all red and... uh the music's like super ominous. It's very cool. And that's another thing. Yeah, it's really awesome how the soundtrack is per each level. So every level has its own little theme. Uh, the music goes really well with every single level that I found. Yeah, and I thought it was a little weird that all the characters didn't have their own stages, that it was like random. But at the end of the day, it didn't really matter at all. Yeah, I kind of go on like the whole Street Fighter thing where now you're playing in the US because that's where Guile or something is from. So an interesting thing, which I don't know if it stands out immediately, is that all the characters are 3D. So at this time, that was a big deal. Yeah, and I mean, before this, there was what, like Virtual Fighter and a few other ones, but this blows those out of the water. Yeah, so I, I did a huge deep dive on this. And Virtual Fighter 1, which came out in 1993 in arcades, so a year before, uh, that was the very first game to have 3D characters fighting. And I mean, the fighting games in general were always just 2D sprites. And even after Virtual Fighter, continue to only be 2D sprites. Well, I think that they mostly were 2D sprites so that they could keep the speed, you know? Yeah, and the technology just wasn't there entirely. But then it wasn't until uh, 1995, a little bit before Tekken came out, there was a game that came out called Battle Arena Tush... Toshinden? Toshinden. Toshinden, yeah, yeah. That's a, a PS1 game with weapons, right? Yes. So we'll be getting to that, so I don't want to get too much into that. But that was pretty much PlayStation's attempt to come after Virtua Fighter and the Sega, Sega Saturn. Well, also, just to, just to uh, correct you really quick, Tekken would have came out in arcades a year before this anyway. Came out, Yes, it came out before Battle Arena, but Battle Arena was technically the first for the PlayStation before uh, Tekken got ported over. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it was more so Battle Arena was PlayStation's callback to say, hey, we can do this too. And then Tekken got ported later on to be on PlayStation as well. And that's just between 1993 and 1995. That's all the games we had. There's four games in general, Virtual Fighter 1 and 2, Battle Arena, and Tekken that used 3D sprites or 3D characters for the fighting. No one else was doing that at this time, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and even as a kid, I remember thinking Tekken was cool. You know what I mean? Like the vibe, the way everything looked, it was just really cool and sick. Yeah, and it wasn't until the very, very end of 1995 where we got another th game, uh, Soul Edge. I think we're, we're going to be playing that too. But it wasn't until the next year. I think everyone saw this and then they're like, okay, we need to start doing that too. And that's when you started seeing more and more games that had 3D fighters. I'm excited to play Soul Edge because that's you know the first Soul Calibur game. Oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's cool then. Yeah, I never played it. I started with Soul Calibur 2. 
Yeah, I don't know which Soul Calibur I played. Uh, my one roommate was really into it, so I kind of played as well. Again, uh, it's one of those things I'm not that big into. I just played and it was decent for the time, but I wasn't having a good time all the time. <laughs> now, the only fighting game, and you you can quote unquote call this a fighting game, but uh, Super Smash Brothers, I played a lot. <laughs> I was waiting for one of us to make this reference. I mean, I, I played that so much as a kid and even up until like the past couple of years. Technically, I consider it a fighting game too. Yeah, that's a whole big debate. I do consider it a fighting game, but at the end of the day, it's it's just the more accessible version of fighting games. But you could still be really good at it if you want to. So that brings up an interesting topic because I love Smash Brothers. I used to play that all the time. So what is it about Smash Brothers that we love, but then we don't like fighting games? Well, one, I think Smash Brothers has characters that you already know. You love Mario. You love all these characters. I always played as Link. So like you have that to start. Then you get into the fact that it's way more accessible. Like any, there's a few buttons. There's only a few moves. Anybody can play this. That is a good point. Yeah. Maybe it's because every single character pretty much has the same button presses for, I, they have unique moves, but it takes the same button presses to do so. Exactly. So no matter what, you know how to play as every character, but you know, you have to work to get that skill. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause I was trying to think about that all last night whenever I was playing this game of, why do I like that game, but I don't like normal fighting games? So that's a good point. So speaking of the gameplay of this, I don't know if you've encountered this at all, but there were times where it legitimately felt like if I went around against the computer in like stage four, that the computer got mad because it just went relentless on me and made sure I never got to touch on it again. You know, right before this, I was playing this game. And when you get to the harder levels, I feel like, I would win the first one and then the second one, they would absolutely fucking demolish me. Yeah. It was almost as if the computer was like, oh no, you didn't. I'm going to make sure that never happens again. Like they would literally get a perfect on me. It, it was the weirdest thing because uh, I believe the first time, who was the blonde lady? Is that Nina? Nina. Yeah, that sounds right. The first time I got perfect on was by her. I won the first round and then the next two rounds, I could never get a touch on her and she made sure to destroy it. She always gets me because she spams that move where she puts both her hands out. Oh yeah, like the Hadouken type move. Yeah. And I, but I found that with every single character. Like if I got into a match with the Jack, which is the giant cyborg guy, there were times when I literally couldn't even move because he was running and jumping on me and then spinning in the air and then going down on his butt and smacking me. It's like, I literally cannot do anything against these people. <laughs> All right. So let's let's take a step back. I'm going to get into exactly how I played this game because I never learned any combos or any moves. I just played it. So first of all, each button represents one of your limbs. So, you know, right, left punch, right, left kick. I pretty much found the best way to win was to immediately try and land a grab attack and then kick them while they're down. And that would take like almost half their health. Oh, Okay. That's different from how I thought you were going to say that. My strategy was get a kick in, get some damage down, and then just keep backing up until time ran out. So you just tried to wait them out? Yep. And then that never really worked either because they got impatient, rushed me, and then just comboed me to death. Well, not learning any of the moves, I found that patience was the key for me. You know, just get those first moves off, then block the whole time, and then just land moves when I can because they just get relentless. Mm-hmm. But it's weird too because I would do the blocking as well. And it's almost as if the game knew 
the exact millisecond when I stopped blocking because then it would combo me every single time when I try to do anything. I also think the blocking in this game just fucking sucks. It does. It should be a button and not holding backwards. Yes, 100%. And that goes back to the Smash Brothers. I love how Smash Brothers, you have that shield thing. Uh, Not saying this needs a shield, but we don't use the triggers at all in this game. So just make the block button a trigger. And I feel like at least being defensive about the gameplay would be so much easier than it is now. Yeah, I'm really curious to see if the sequel, either of them on the PS1, adds a block because that would make the game significantly better in my opinion. A hundred percent. I don't want to keep walking backwards the block. It That's just not, it's pointless. Yeah, and like you said, it's like you're blocking. You let go to try and attack and they're ready to go. And especially some of the uh, attacks, you have to, push uh, towards the person so like left left circle and so when you let go block to do that attack they're like all right you let go block now i'm gonna destroy you (laughs) yeah and i also just found that like once you get knocked down it's pretty much over yeah there is a way to they say in the manual that when you're getting up if you hold either x or circle or down x down circle they'll do a defensive attack as they're getting up i maybe got that to work five times I just could never figure out the timing to get that to work. So I, I was in the same boat. Every time I got knocked down, I just, that was game over for me. I don't even mean that. It's like, even when you're knocked down, getting back up takes a second and usually they're doing the attack to you when you're on the ground. Yeah, especially Jack. He has that move where he can like fall forward and land on you. Oh, it just destroys you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this game would be fun playing against other people though. Yes. I think for a two-player match, it would be really, really fun against the computer. And it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Mortal Kombat did the same exact thing. For the Genesis, whenever you were doing like the quote-unquote arcade mode and you're building up the ladder to get to uh, Shao Kahn, uh, it was the same thing where it was relentless. And even as a kid, I don't think I ever made it to Shao Kahn because he, the characters were so difficult and would just destroy me before I can even make it there. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of fighting game experience from when I was a kid. So like, I don't remember ever getting far in any of them, but I don't know if it was because it was harder if I just didn't try. But I don't think this is a bad game though, at all. No, it's one of those things of, all fighting games, whether 2D sprites or 3D characters, all come down to the exact same thing of, you have to find your time to attack, and you need to combo people. That's pretty much the bottom line of every fighting game. For this, there were times when, specifically against Law, I do remember this, where he would kick me up in the air and then he'd start juggling me in the air. And that's just the standard way to do a fighting game. Like, the computer was doing what you're supposed to be doing in a fighting game. And it it sucks when you get stuck in that loop and you can't get out of it, but that's just what it is. You need to get the other person into a loop before they get you into a loop. That's true. I did feel that the gameplay of this feels a little bit stiff. So how so? Just like the movement where like, I guess really what it comes down to is that you don't hold down a direction to go that way. You have to like keep tapping it, you know? Which is really funny because we talked about that in uh, Soul of the Samurai, which is kind of good timing because I brought up, oh, isn't it in Tekken where you have to double tap to move quickly? And it's funny that we're playing the game now and it is the case. You have to double tap to move in those directions really fast. I just always felt like, okay, you know, a lot of them have that grapple move where you throw them across the, like the whole stage. And 
like I was saying, I do the grapple and then I get that free attack while they're on the ground. But when you do that, you can't get to them in time to do that. So you have to make sure you do the right grapple attack that just throws them down in front of you. Yeah, which I will say, so looking through the manual while doing all this, Michelle's is the most limited amount of moves I've ever seen. Or maybe I just couldn't do the combinations right. Though she does have that one move. I don't know if you did this whenever you made it to Sage 8, where she like spins around the person and gets behind them. That was the most useful move I have ever encountered in the game. I mean, most of the, the grapple moves would literally just take off a good chunk of health, so I would just try and do them constantly. You all, you also could do the grapple thing where you use the grapple while they're in the middle of an attack and it like cancels it out. Did you do this? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about, and I may have done it accidentally, where like I went to do the grapple, but they weren't close enough, but they were trying to do an attack, so my hands like kind of touched their foot or something, and they fell over. Yeah, uh, when I was playing earlier, I was uh, fighting uh, King, and he does that attack where he jumps at you. So every time he jumped at me, I would do that. and It would make him fall. And I felt so good at the game for a few minutes there. <laughs> I will say, although we're not good at fighting games, we don't like fighting games. There's something about when you perfectly timed an attack, whether it was intentional or not, it was so satisfying to like, you pulled off a jumping attack the instant they jumped and then you got a KO because of it. It's like, oh, that was... Amazing. I wish I could do that every time. No, I, whenever I had my longer PlayStation earlier this week, I was really getting into it and having a good time. Like, I was getting my ass kicked. I was hitting against the wall so many times, but I just kept going because I was having fun. That's interesting. And that makes sense to why you put so many hours into this. I, my total time playing was only an hour and a half. And that's just simply because I wasn't having fun at all. And I knew I wasn't going to when we were going to play this game. I try to separate that while playing it. I'm like, okay, maybe it's going to surprise me, but it didn't. I mean, I don't like fighting games. That's just the bottom line of it. And I didn't have fun at all while playing this. So the total of my capture is two hours and 54 minutes. Oh, okay. I feel like a lot of my capture is uh, going through the cinematics because that's whenever I was typing up my notes. So it was just running in the background, keep going through the cinematics and like the replay fighting or the example fight stuff. Yeah, I hear you. I A lot of mine is, and you'll see this, uh, me just getting demolished and then immediately restarting and trying it again. Especially towards the end of when I was playing the, earlier this week, I would just, just keep going and going and going. And then eventually I'd be like, I have to stop. I'm not going to win. Mm-hmm. I will say I do love how there's unlimited continues in the game. Amazing. So it's not like Iron Hander where it's like, oh, you get, I think it was what, 10 continues? And then you have to start over. This is just... Okay, you didn't win. Do you want to continue? Yes or no? If this game didn't have unlimited continues, I would feel a lot differently about it. Yes. So it was kind of nice, and especially with the no load times, you get a, a continue option, and then you just hit start to go back into it, and you're right back into the fight, and maybe you get to try again. I found that whenever I was stuck on stage four, I want to say I maybe tried at least five to six times, depending on if I felt like I had a chance. And if I didn't, I'm like, all right, time to try the next character. Let's see what they're like. But yeah, it was just, it's a really cool option just to make you not go crazy. (laughs) It's very friendly to someone who doesn't play fighting games. Like, you can try it as many times as you want. No matter how hard it gets, you can just keep trying it. They don't care. And I love that. Yeah. And I think that's a big complaint with Einander, which I thought they shouldn't have been so mean about that. But uh, when it comes to arcade games, that's what you want. You want people to get continues 
except in that version, you want them to spend more money to keep going. So it's nice that they took that out of this version so that you just get unlimited plays pretty much. Yeah. I also wish there was more story to this game because, as you know, whenever you beat arcade mode as a character, you get a cutscene, and it's pretty cool. Like, the one for Michelle was very cool. I didn't watch the rest just because, like, I just want to represent, like, what I'm going to see and what most people are going to see unless you get good at this. But I think that that shit is really cool. And there's a lot going on with these characters and the lore and all this stuff, but they barely show you any of it. Yeah, and it's something I'm starting to realize that a lot of this information is just in the manual. So I think going forward, it'd be really nice that we just try to find it and do that because in the manual, it gives you a story a little story about each character and what their motivation is and what they're doing and why they're in the fight. So it adds to the lore of this universe. And I, did, I don't think I knew about the cutscene because I never made it that far. So it's cool that they give you a resolution to this character after you make it that far. But I do wish that they had more of an intro in the beginning for each person. I just think if they had one more cutscene per character to start off, I think that would have been more than enough. Even if you went to another menu and it didn't happen like before the fight, so that way they could preserve that quick no loading time. Like if you just went to a separate menu and you could see, you know, the backstory for each character, I think that would be more than enough. Yeah, I completely agree. Or just something along the lines of if you don't push any buttons and it cuts to a screen, then have a different character's uh, stories every single time and is random. Yeah, I think that would have been really, really cool just because it just seemed really like a lot was going on here. And I didn't read the manual. And if I'm being honest, even as a kid, if I would have had this game, I wouldn't have read it either. So. Oh, really? I never read the manuals. I feel like that was step one in every single new game I got. Open it up, open up the manual and read through the manual to see what I need to do. So I was one of those kids that had a booklet of CDs and didn't keep the cases. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a piece of shit. I hate it. Because <laughs> I, I still have a booklet of PS1 games. And I mean, they, none of them work because they're all scratched and shit, but it would be cool if I had the cases. Yeah. And I think that's why going forward, it'll be nice. Because even with uh, Alone in the Dark, there's a lot of things I wouldn't have known if I didn't look at the manual. So I'm going to start doing what you do and have it up while I'm playing from now on. Exactly. Yeah. It, it does help a lot. But some of the combos on these characters, you never would have figured out on your own. They are. Especially that guy with the uh, swords. I forget his name. Yoshimitsu. Okay, him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to try to recreate that name. Uh, some of his combos are just insane. The amount of like, it's like left, down, left, X, circle, triangle, triangle to do this big combo. And it's like, cool. First of all, that's cool. Secondly, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I never figured out really any combos or any moves. I was just punching and kicking and grabbing, dude. A lot of them was pretty much standard for fighting games. Left, left circle or left, left X circle or something. Pretty much any of the basic combinations got you a result most of the time, which I, I wish you looked at the manual because I wanted to get your input on how easy it was to do those moves. There were times when I swear I did the combination or the button combination I was supposed to and the person just punched. That's all they did. <laughs> like, I did the thing you told me I can do and you're not reading my button moves. Yeah, I mean, I was still trying like combinations to see if I could get anything to happen because, you know, 
even Street Fighter, there's the classic like downright square or whatever. But I couldn't really get anything significant. And even if I did, I kind of like chalked it up as being a fluke and not like I figured it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There were sometimes I did a move where I then I knew what buttons I pushed. And then I looked over at the manual and that combination was never listed. So I think there are secret moves that you would have to figure out on your own as well. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it just comes down to timing too. Of You got to push the buttons at the exact right time to get the thing. And that's not a bad thing. That's just standard. Yeah. And I feel like we're coming to the end of this discussion. I don't really have a ton. but uh, We knew this was going to be short. I think really what it comes down to for me is that this is just the standard for a fighting game. And I I just feel like it's missing a lot of features that could have made it more than just an arcade port. Oh, okay. I Honestly, my only improvement was uh, a different button for blocking, and we already talked about it. So what are the other ones you thought of? I said earlier, I think there needs to be a practice mode where you can try moves. Mm-hmm. Now, with this being the first one, I'm sure that the other ones will have this, but... You know, if you could go into a practice mode, you could pause it, you could look at a move list, and you can try them out instead of having to go to the manual for that. Yeah, but I do feel like the manual was always just the standard at the time. Like, that that's where they always put the story. That's where they always put the controls because they didn't have this. They probably didn't have the space on the CD to put it in the game. You also have to think about how many people would buy these games used or, like, rent them. You know what I mean? Like, you would never get to see any of that stuff. That is true. And, you know, in 1995, you weren't going on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, that is a very good point. I do remember playing, like, old fighting games, and that's literally all we had to do. Like, playing with my friends, it was, oh, let's try this button combination. Does it do anything? No. Okay, how about this one? Okay, no, that doesn't do anything either. And you were just working your way through trying to figure out each move that each character had. Yeah, and this game, with the Unlimited Continues, with how easy it is, in the beginning anyway... You can do that still, but a practice mode just would have been nice. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, I really just got that. I, I, you know, there could have been another mode. I don't know what, but just another mode that's not just the arcade mode. I think that would have been cool just to add a little extra to the package. Not just the arcade game. Yeah, I don't really know what that would be, but sure. Yeah, more options. I just think that this is a very bare bones game. That's all. Like, not that that's a bad thing. It is an arcade game, but that's it. It's just an arcade game. It's not... When it, when a game comes home to a console from the arcade, you expect more, right? You don't expect the exact same thing. But it is a fighting game, and just running through all the fighting games in my head right now, that's all it was. It was just an arcade mode. I can't think of any game that had something special. So for the, for the time, a fighting game literally was just that. I guess you're right. I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking of things that would make it more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Even like I said earlier, if there was like another cutscene or just a little more story in the game, I think that would have done a lot for me too. Oh, agreed. And I think we're always going to have that opinion of games need more story because you and I both love a good story in a game. Obviously, I don't mind if a game doesn't have a story or barely anything at all, but when this game is hinting so much at a lot of cool shit, I just wish there was more of it. Like, I love all the characters. I love the vibes. I love the stages. I love the music. Like, just give me more. You know? Yeah. And just like what we said on Destructive Derby, I think maybe we'll see in the sequels that they do add that stuff. And maybe all these uh, things that we don't like or we wish there was, they do it later on. Yeah. I'm genuinely excited to play the next 
two of these games because if they get better, if they add more stuff, if they become a little more accessible to get into, I think that we could start getting into the really high scores. Probably, yeah. Well, like we said, you know, just because we don't like fighting games, you know, you you know when a game is good regardless of if you like the genre or not. Correct. Yes. There is a point to that I want to bring up, but uh, I think we should get to reviews so that we can get to those points. Yeah. This is another one where the reviews were really good. Not really a whole lot interesting. I debated even putting these here just because like, it's just somebody saying this game is good. <laughs> yeah. I'll read them anyway. Edge Magazine gave it a 9 out of 10. And they said, Tekken rips up the rulebook and delivers an experience that even its 2,000-pound coin-op namesake can't match. Expect to see it alongside Ridge Racer on the shelf marked Absolute Essentials. Uh, We didn't play Ridge Racer yet, but it's interesting that they say that the coin-op namesake can't match. Because I would feel like it is the exact same thing between the two. You know, I didn't even think about that when I was reading this. Maybe the cutscenes at the end? Cutscenes at the end, or it's just, oh, you're not wasting your money on the machine. Yeah, I mean, being able to change the difficulty. Yeah, I can't really see too many differences between the two. So that's a weird, weird review. Well, we'll obviously get into this when we talk about it too, but Ridge Racer is another game like that where it's a very, very bare-bones arcade port. I'm pretty sure I had it as a kid, or at least I had a demo of it. It's literally like one track, I think. Oh, really? It's something like that, but... We'll get to that when we play that game. Yeah. Okay, so IGN gave it a 7.5, and they said, What can be said about Tekken? It is surely a next-generation brawler classic, rivaled only by the Virtual Fighter series for sheer beauty and control. Which, that goes back to what we were talking about before. Virtual Fighter was the only game that was doing this, so it's an easy comparison. Yeah, and we never really talked about the graphics, but I do think the graphics are good, especially for 1995. Yeah, it's what you would expect. The... uh polygon characters not too much detail but it's not terrible it's i had it written down as it's groundbreaking for the time being 1995 but it's standard for the playstation as we know it so it's nothing impressive in the grand scheme of things but for the time it was amazing yeah and at the same time too there is not really any slowdown or anything and it moves very nicely for the, how nice the graphics look for an early PS1 game. I was surprised being the first game at how smooth it was. Yeah, like the way the game runs, I got nothing bad to say. No, not at all. I was expecting it to be laggy sometimes or uh, moves to like you would push the button and it act a little slower than you expected it to. But pacing wise, I thought everything was on point. So that's going to bring us to our rating then, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to say. I think I've made myself pretty clear. I just, I think it's a good fighting game. You know, it's not great. It's not amazing. I think that the sequels could be that. But for me, this is sitting around probably a 6.5. Interesting. So getting into this, I didn't really know where to put this because I don't like these games in general. So it's, it was really hard for me to come up with where would I place this. But then I thought about it more... And you were saying about, oh, later games, fighting games, we could be seeing our first 10s in it. At the same time, as much as I don't disagree with you, I hate the fact that it would be a fighting game that gets that high because at the core level of it, it's very basic. You know what I mean? First of all, I didn't say 10s. I said higher scores. So don't, I'm not giving a fighting (laughs) game a fucking 10 unless it's amazing. 
No, but we could get up into the eights or nines. You never know. But I, I hear what you're saying. I really do. And like I said, I don't play fighting games either, but you can recognize when a game is good. You can recognize when it plays well. Like, we're going to play shitty fighting games. There's so many. Uh, but thinking about like all the games I've played in the past on the Genesis and stuff, even nowadays, with like, because Mortal Kombat is still coming out and all this stuff, like, I feel like fighting games aren't at the at the base level of how they are. They're all the same. I know a lot of hate is going to come for me, but I mean that not in a bad way. But you can't really improve too much on a fighting game because of what it is. Just like you can't improve much on a racing game because that's all it is is a racing game. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at with like extra modes, improvements. Like, here's an example. There's that newest Street Fighter game, Street Fighter Six. It came out in June. I'm going to play it eventually because it has a full-on story mode. Like, you're walking around a world as a created character and fighting people and getting into battles and stuff. It's not just a fight this character, then fight this character. It's walk around and explore, have story moments, talk to people, then fight people. Like, that's the kind of thing I look for in a fighting game if I'm going to play it personally. That's why I always liked Soul Calibur because it has a story. See, it's been so long, I can't recall Soul Calibur having a story mode. But yeah, that, that just goes back to the fact that we love story. So, I mean, with my ranking, for what it is, yeah, it's a good game. It's smooth, it's fast-paced, it's just what you would expect a fighting game to be. So I was thinking it's roughly around a 7 for me. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go low. Uh, honestly, if so if we were ranking this based on fun, this would have been a 1 or a 2. <laughs> That's just me not liking fighting games. But I do have to remove myself and... It is fun. It was revolutionary at the time, and there aren't that many problems with it, so I thought it was a decent game. Well, yeah, I went with a 6.5 just because I feel like it could be better. Yeah, I get that. And that's kind of why I was like, I was sitting at a 7, and I was just like, I'll wait to listen to hear what Jimmy's is, because I don't want to... I don't want to go too high and his be lower. I was kind of using your rating as, is my 7 okay because i don't know no i hear you like for me like okay a seven is like a game is very good it's not great but it's good so like i'm taking this seven and i'm moving it down a little bit just because i feel like it could add they could add a lot of extra stuff they could do more and i think the sequels could be sevens or eights if they add the stuff that we're talking about or even other stuff you know yeah yeah i completely agree with that uh so with that that means Crash Bandicoot moves down yet again, and Tekken 1 takes the number two plays. Top three, Einhander, Tekken, and Crash Bandicoot. It's getting interesting now. It's going to keep it interesting. And I do completely agree with that. I do think Einhander was a better game overall, so I like that that's still at number one. Now, would you say that Tekken is better than Crash Bandicoot? <sighs> uh, you cut out for me. No, I just went silent. Uh, oh, okay. I was like, uh... You know what? I would have to say yes. At least Crash Bandicoot 1. I was going to say I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about all the problems Crash Bandicoot 1 had. And although I would want to say no, Crash Bandicoot is better, but I know that's just the nostalgia feeling of Crash Bandicoot. So yeah, I do think it actually is a little bit better. So what's funny is looking at our doc here, I gave Crash Bandicoot, Destruction Derby, and this the same score. <laughs> you did. So the determining factor was me. That's crazy. <laughs> I think I need to get a little more varied with my scores, I think. I don't know. It's difficult 
to really put into perspective of where this is on a scale, there's so many factors to think about. Well, I feel like a lot of games we're either going to be sitting between like six and seven or four and five. I think that's where we're going to be for a long time. Mm-hmm. I agree. The uh, and like you said, if this didn't have unlimited continues, it would have been way lower. If there were super long load times, I would have went lower. The fact that you can just jump into this and just keep going and keep going, and even though I didn't feel like I was improving at all, <laughs> I can see why someone who likes fighting games would love this. Because people who like fighting games love fighting games. So I understand it from their perspective. Yeah, and I think that if this game didn't have unlimited continues, I might go down like a full point. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably be sitting around a 5, 5.5 if... Me too, yeah. If it didn't have that stuff. All right, well, uh, you got anything else to say? I think uh, I feel pretty good about our list so far. I feel pretty good about our rating for this game. I think we're pretty much exactly on the same page this week, which is nice. Yeah, uh, between both Einhander and this one, I think we were sitting nicely. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this, please remember to like and subscribe as well as give us a rating on podcast services. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 